Oh. <laughs> What's good evening? Wow. That's funny. I'm sorry, everyone, if I surprised you. <laughs> that was a little bit shocking, but welcome to the Should I Play That podcast. It's a gaming podcast hosted by yours truly, Chris, and Rod. What's going on, Rod? How are you doing? Um, I'm very awake now. So are all our headphone users. <laughs> I feel like I had to tone it down a little bit because I got extremely hyped for this episode, episode 15. See how I'm going like the highs and lows? <laughs> lows and then highs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's what find that know? nice middle ground. <laughs> you want to know why I feel like that? You want to know why I feel like that? <laughs> uh, why is that, Chris? It's because it's E3 time. Oh, yes. Time. It's pre-E3 time. I'm trying to contain the hype, and it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I mean, pre-E3 is exciting. Um, not as exciting as actual E3, but it's like, you know, it's like Christmas Eve all week, you know. It's, it's, and that's the thing. It is. It's like Christmas. a really good point. It's Christmas Eve, the point where you get to be really hyped. To the point where you overhype yourself sometimes way too much. And, like, you're talking to your friends, like, hey, yo, sort of peeped at the tree. I'm totally getting a GameCube this year. And then come Christmas time, it's not a GameCube, but it's something completely different. Yeah. It's a, it's a game tube, maybe. Like, I don't know. No, it's not even a game. I don't even remember what I got that year, but I was yeah. disappointed. I was, <laughs> your boy was disappointed. Let's it's just a, say that. It's a play date. Ooh, dang! It wasn't you know. It wasn't even that. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> damn! It wasn't even that. It was something else. But yeah. So uh, let's just say that with pre E three, you're gonna get your you know your rumors. You're gonna get your damn near reveals. But like temper your expectations because who knows whether or not it's real. Yeah, and also I think something to remember going into. E3 this year, um, it's gonna be a, it's probably gonna be a down year. Like, in terms of, like, you know, hype inducing turns, like, every two seconds. Like, it's not gonna be a, a Sony 2015 or 16 or whichever awesome one that they had. Like, it's not gonna be that, you know, that, like, there was gonna be some cool stuff. It's, it's going to be something to look forward to. E3 is literally always a good time. But, you know, this, you have to also remember that this is going to be a time of, you know, a lot of publishers are going to be holding back their ammo for next gen to be officially revealed, which may happen. We'll talk about that later. That may happen with one of the companies here. But, you know, generally, like Sony isn't going to be there at all. Um, Nintendo already does their own thing. Like, you know, there's going to be it's going to be chill. You know, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. You know, I think this generation is going to go out with a bang. Um but would you yeah. would you say that this would be the beach episode of E3? Sure, sure. I, I probably would, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like the laid back, kick it up. Like you know, let's you know, cheers, like toast to a generation, a, a generation that served us well. You know, for the last uh, six, seven years, something yeah. like that. I mean, I'd, I'd say that I've I've been I've been pleased with what we've gotten this generation. So, I mean. We we I, I feel like we were introduced to some like really bad practices. I'm looking at you, microtransactions, but we've gotten some really solid games. We've gotten some new IPs. We've gotten like just just a, a good shakeup of the industry. So 
you know, cheers to that. Cheers to developers coming up with new ways for us to play. I'm looking at UVR, don't disappoint. And also looking at you, Google, don't disappoint with that either. Hmm. But with that, like we said, this is the pre E3 episode. We're going to talk about some news that's already been solidified. We're also going to talk about some things that are damn near confirmed, but not really. So still take that, you know, that table salt. Make sure you have that ready. But before we get into that, oh, and even before we get into that other thing, um, quick, you know, shout out to all of you guys tuning in every week. I want to thank you. Um, on our Instagram page, on the Facebook page, we went ahead and put out the posts of thanking you guys for listening to us over 500 times. That really means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start this episode off to, you know, thank you guys, uh, you know, who've been here religiously. Thank you guys who are, you know, just now tuning in. Thank you future people who are going back through the archive to listen to these older episodes. You're a real one. You're a real one for listening to this old stuff. I appreciate that. But I appreciate everyone for, you know, yeah, building, help building like this brand and making it what it is today. So, yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into what you've been playing. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to us before, what we like doing is going back through the week and just sort of talking about what we've played uh, since you last seen us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what else that, do we do? What else do we do throughout the show, Chris? Oh, we uh, we also talk about you know news that sort of popped up throughout the week, and then we like rounding out the episode with like a, a topic of you know of the episode. So it could vary from week to week. It could be you know something as serious as like representation in video games, or it could be something as silly as you know. Should I play as pink Captain Falcon or should I play as gold Captain Falcon or should I play as normal Captain Falcon? Mm. These are the crucial decisions. Exactly. Time and a place for everything. (laughs) So with that, we can officially start the show. Rod, what you been playing? I have been playing more days gone. I will keep this. (laughs) I will keep this. Pretty short because I talked about it at length uh, last week uh, and the week before I think. And uh, but I mean I just wanted to briefly mention that you know I I'm at a point in the game where I, I'm at a point where you know it's it's so sort of like what I was saying last week. It is kind of tapering off on some of the hype that has happened um, and. But I mean, it's still maintaining like a couple of threads that I'm interested, like a couple of narrative threads I'm interested in seeing conclude. So let me ask this. So sure. like, is this, is this like the comparing it to like the TV show that you're just so like hell bent on finishing, even though you know you don't like the TV show anymore, but you just have to see how it ends? Funny enough, that sort of happened with Walking Dead. Um, and funny because they're both, you know, zombie tour action things. But, um, I actually dropped Walking Dead, which, and if you know me at all, you know, like I typically don't drop television shows ever. Like even they, though they get really, really bad, I like to see them through to the very bitter end. Um, but that one I actually dropped. I was just like, 
no more. I can do no more of this. Um, life is too precious. So <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I actually did quit that. And, and here I, I bring that up because it's like, it, it's, it's sort of the same thing where it's not as egregiously bad as that got, as that show got, but it is, I will say, it's, I want to, I'm interested in several of the threads. I'm interested in seeing how certain things wrap up. And it is a triple A, you know, first party game that like, I, I must know how and why. You know, it's the same thing with Anthem. Like, even though Days Gone is a different game, I said last week that this is not Anthem. It's not actively bad. It's not a bad video game, like, necessarily. Like, it's just, they just make some weird, sometimes poor choices. I was going to say, that's sort of like, um, like comparing the New York Knicks to the uh, Miami Heat. Would that be a good comparison? I don't know. Maybe somewhere Spike Lee hates you. I don't know. Um, I'm saying <laughs> that about his Knicks. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I'm not quite certain. Um, but I, I do know that this is it's, – it's something I felt pretty passionate about, at least in terms of, like, you know, trying to finish it. Like, I'm – I, once I finish it, I'm probably not going to keep it. Like, just full disclosure. Like, that's just what it is. I'll probably turn it in and, and get something else with it. But, but I will say that it, in a days gone to, we were talking about this off air. Like, if, if and when they get around to making a days gone to, I could legitimately see that being like the Assassin's Creed 2 of this series. Um, like, they've laid groundwork here to do interesting things. There's, there's really cool concepts and ideas that they have laid out. They just need a, a way to, to flesh it out. Uh, no pun intended. Like they just need a way to like, to, to really ground a lot of their ideas in stone. Like the concept of like the world coming after you is a good one. Like inherently that's a really cool idea. They have some ambitious technology with the hordes. There's a lot of them on screen. It could be genuinely uh maybe terrifying is a little extreme, but like it can be disconcerting like, you know, sometimes to 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 see that, like to have that, to be running away from that. Like the music will swell and, you know, liter- literally hundreds of zombies on screen will be chasing after you. Like there's legitimate uh, beauty to that, like to that idea, um, and I feel like they halfway get there. I feel like they they kind of take some baby steps towards fully realizing that in a way that is um, satisfying. You know, it's funny. I feel like uh, if the game somehow was released maybe three four years ago, yeah, it would have been a little bit more acceptable. And, and like sort of like what you're saying. If then at this time, like where we are currently in the timeline, I said timeline, but like currently where we are in time, um, if we were, if we got like a sequel, I feel like that's, like you said, that sequel would have ironed out all of those issues. It would have been like the Assassin's Creed 2 of the series. Um, I could, I could see that and I could see myself. And you know it's funny going back to Assassin's Creed. I've never finished the first Assassin's Creed. Right. Couldn't do it. Right. But and, like it, it, that. 
you may, you bring up a great point, actually. I hadn't even considered that. Like, Assassin, okay, so you know how Assassin's Creed kind of has, like, you know, it's, it's that game for, you know, 12 hours or so. And then exactly. it, and then, and it just ends. Like, what you do in hour one is what you do, like, like, hour 12. That is basically this game. Like, they've got a loop that you're, and it makes sense. Like, these, the, like, Ben, they were doing, like, you know, they were doing PSP games, like, up until days gone. Like, they were given this budget to do literally anything they wanted to do, and this is what they chose to, to go for. And it makes sense. Like, a lot of the deci- decisions make sense in that context. You know, they, they, they have always been focused on, like, smaller scale, uh, titles. And you really get that in this. Like, you get that, that hamster wheel, that, that loop. It's not as egregious as something like a live game. Like, it's, you're not like, grinding too hard but i mean it's simple things like not being able to buy materials like at camp or something like that because like you have to always go out in the world and like find it and it could be kind of a harsh because like you know you got to go out with your bike but your bike takes you know a lot of gas but i mean like all right how do you how do you mitigate that okay you gotta boost your stats like it's very small incremental steps towards player progression like like that like i kind of understand that like on that scale like when you think about it in that con- in the developer context it make totally makes sense um so actually i love your assassin's creed comparison i think it's perfect honestly um and yeah. if they just dis- and, and i feel like that's why i don't want to down the game so much like you know before we we started recording you asked me hey chris at some point will you ever like go back and play this game and i was like rod i don't want to lie to you will i chris go out to a store rebuy this game, go back home, install the game, go back and update the game and play it? No. Mm-hmm. No, I won't do that. Right. Unless unless it's something like, you know, I'm with a significant other, she's playing it, and like I'm sitting there watching her play it, and she's like, oh, I can't do this part. Here, you do it. And I'm like, sure, why not? I'll help you out. Then maybe. Right, will maybe. I, but will I personally go out and play this game again. I think I've gotten enough from it. I've gotten the gist of the gameplay loop. Yeah. I might go on YouTube and watch the ending of the game to get the gist of the story. Right. But I I appreciate what what they did. It just wasn't for me. Um at yeah. this point, I I feel like at this point like how do you feel like the story is like wrapping up? Or so let me talk about that. You you said before that you didn't mind being a little bit spoiled. And I'm not done with the game yet. Um, but I'm significantly I would say maybe three fourths of the, the way through. Maybe. Um, but if you absolutely do not want to like have this game spoiled, it came out like a, a month and a half ago, maybe at this point. Um, so it's been out for a while. Skip ahead like. A few minutes. I'm just going to talk about like where I'm at in the game at this point. Um, okay, people are gone. Cool. So basically, where I'm at right now is you find out that. Um, so so let me lay out the structure of how this game works. So you the first two camps you run across two camps in the game. The two camps are kind of like tutorial camps. Like they teach you a lot about like you know how do you take down uh, ambush camps and how do you uh how do you interact with like different kinds of uh, freakers or, or how do you find supplies how do you craft things like whatever like it's a lot of that like how do you hunt animals whatever so for, first two camps it's like 10 15 hours of this game like not a joke that's 
about what it, what it is. It's almost all tutorial stuff. The story doesn't really kick in until you get to Camp 3, which is actually the most interesting point of the game so far. Like, genuinely, like, there's some good stuff there. There's good um, stuff with uh, your friend Boozer, who at some point I fucking hated because he didn't... Um, he he didn't he he was sit, he was sitting around whining basically. I mean he got his like arm almost burned off, so like I get it. But like he spends a good ten fifteen hours like constantly complaining and constantly being like you know oh man I wish I could you know you you're killing like all these people and he's like you know oh man I wish I could be out there with you brother like yeah, it's really fucking bites. Um, but you know he's kind of a nothing character up until you get to this point and uh, he has a good character turn. Where his life significantly changes. He has to have um, his arm chopped off. Um, and, you know, instead of becoming angry or super angsty, it actually, like, kind of gets him out of his funk in a way. And he's like, hey, like, there's more to this life than just, like, me being angry at the world all the time. Like, actually being out in the shit, which is literally what they call it, um, like, when you're out in the world, it's called the shit. So it's like, when I'm out in the shit, like... It's really bad. Like, I don't want to kill people. I don't want to, like, live like this. I just want to plant crops and have a beer at the end of the day and, like, pet my cute dog. Like, that's all he wants to do. And, like, it's a really neat turn. And he actually, like, kind of tries to talk some sense into Deacon, the main character. Like, you know, he's, you know, it, it's a really great turn for that character. It made me like him a lot more. Um, and, you know, you meet interesting people at the third camp uh iron mike is he runs it and he's has a philosophy of like hey we can't kill people we have to put people on trial this isn't like the wild west like we have to keep some order some decorum and then he's got this his his under her sec his second in command uh schizo who you know you can already tell by the, his name he's probably a jackass but um but he, but Schizo is like kind of a loose cannon. He believes the opposite of what Iron Mike believes. He believes that people, she, they shouldn't trust anybody. People don't need trials. People should just die on sight because it's a different kind of world. It's an interesting, it's not the most original thing, but for this kind of game, um, it was played really well. I appreciated that dichotomy and they clash. They butt heads. Um, constantly, and it's like interesting to see. There are other people at the camp too. There's an actual doctor here who's in a relationship with someone that Deacon used to ride with uh, back in the day, named Ricky. Like, you know, uh, they're actually in a relationship with each other, uh, Ricky and the doctor, and that's interesting. And they're just kind of lesbians, and it's just kind of cool. And like, that's representation, and that's always awesome. Um, and it's not even treated like a big thing. It's just a thing that is. It's kind of what we were saying a few weeks ago. Um, and so that's oddly progressive. And like in this game about like biker dudes <laughs> and, and those characters are enduring, are endearing like on their own accord as well. Like they have great interactions. So towards the end of that sequence, like the end of this third camp, uh, stuff goes bad. Stuff goes sideways. Uh, Tegan wants to head out. He gets a tip that. Like, his wife might still be alive. Uh, turns out she actually is, and she's at this camp now, and I'm at the the game the, where the fourth camp, she's actually in this militia camp, and um, so right now she's giving kind of Deacon the cold shoulder, and we don't really understand why at this point. Um, we don't know, like, if she's upset, if she's, like, just shocked. Like, we don't really know why that is. I'm kind of interested to see, like, what exactly, like, the ring that Deacon gave her, um, like, I guess his 
po- or pre-wedding ring or something, or his engagement ring was like his biker ring, but it's on like the colonel here at this camp. So like you don't oh. really, kn- yeah, yeah. So you don't really know like what exactly is going on. Like it hasn't been, it hasn't been said yet. Deacon's noticed it, but he hasn't mm-hmm. said anything yet. So like I'm kind of curious. Like okay, am I gonna have to kill this the leader of this camp like at some point, or is he gonna try to kill me, or like why are we keeping a secret? Is this gonna get out? Like I'm kind of interested in where that kind of goes. So. Um, I can see why you're still playing. Like that's the right, that's the right type of drama for me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's wow. a little, it's a little melodramatic, but like, but my point is that like, so I'm seeing all of this stuff that I want to like actually keep playing the game to find out like, okay, what happens next? But like, this is 30 hours in. Like I've played this game for 25, 30 hours. Like I'm, I'm just getting to this stuff. Like the Iron Mike stuff doesn't happen until like 15, hours in like you know and that's probably like if you rush like through story stuff like it, it takes a while to get there um and the, and the fact that that it, it it is so long is really disappointing so i mean if that sounds interesting to you like go ahead and play it. but i mean also realize that like the the game is is the game like what you've been doing in those first two camps is what you're doing in camp four like none of that stuff really changes all the missions are like go here get this listen to some cutscenes, or listen to some dialogue through the radio come back all right we give you more story now like it's there's no like there's no gameplay there's no varying gameplay basically like it's the same thing it's not horrible it's not horrible gameplay like it's gotten better as you increase like your character yeah and i was gonna say that was that was the thing too that you guys said earlier is that at, at this point in the game, you're so much stronger than where you were at the beginning. Yes. That it, like, that's what's pushing you through. Right, exactly. If I was, like, what, where I was mechanically in, like, the, where I was in hour one to now, like, yeah, it would not, I, I maybe would have dropped the game already. Um, it would not have been very fun to play. But now, like, you know, it's a lot easier. I haven't even actually done any hordes yet. The game has not made me fight a horde yet. Um, I've run across them, but, it doesn't make me deal with them yet. And I wonder if that's coming up because I did kind of look ahead or try to look ahead without spoiling myself on the actual, um, on the actual game, like, or the story, like, where am I? And apparently after the Iron Mike camp, like, you're just, you're like over halfway through the game, but you still have a quote unquote good chunk left. So I keep, I kept reading that. So, you know, I'm assuming I'm like, 70 percent through maybe now now when you when you look this up go ahead and tell the people what popped up in the google suggested oh yeah yeah i just as of like (laughs) today this recording um yeah it said i typed in days gone in google that's it days gone and the first news article that popped up was uh, how long until days gone gets good um <laughs> which which is funny but i mean it's it, the actual article i read the article and it's like it's actually like a positive review saying like hey this is actually like a good game um which i mean i don't know if i'd go that far like i don't know if it's a good game but it's like entertaining i think it's i think it's barely i think it's barely that um which might be damning with faint praise you know like it is what it is. I, I don't know if it's, it's definitely not a great game, um, but you know, it's not really a, a terrible one either. So that's what's pushing me. Um, and hopefully I finish it 
soon so I can kind of like move on. But like, it's interesting, man. Even the, some of the zombie stuff is like, is, is getting interesting. Cause it's like, there's a, just real quick, there's a Nero scientist who you kind of interact with and like, you kind of learn the stealth sequences are god awful. I hate them, but like this, the little narrative bits that you get are kind of interesting. Like they kind of tell you like what the zombies actually are. Like, oh, then maybe they are kind of cognizant. Like they actually like are aware of like their past lives. Like they are humans. They are or used to be humans, but maybe they're like somewhat conscious of what they are doing or, or who they used to be. And that's kind of. Again, not the most interesting or original, or not the most original thing, but it's like a little bit of flavor text in this world. Um, it's just a shame that you get it so late in the game and so like in between these really stupid stealth sequences. Um, but other than that, that's my Days Gone update. No more. Um, I talked about it for way too long. I apologize, but uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Um. Well, for me, it's. I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say it was a slow week. Like, it was a busy, like, work week. So, I haven't really done too much gaming. Um, I do want to shout out, uh, the guys at Controller Rise. Cause once again, on Mondays, if you live in the Atlanta area, Monday Night Brewery, the garage, um, there's an event called Press Start. And you could come in. It's, at, at this point, they upped it to $7. Um, for $7, you could come in, listen to some really dope music. Uh, you could watch anime, uh, that they have, like, projected on the, on the wall. Um, of course, we're at Monday night, so you could drink a ton of beer. They have pretty much most of their catalog on tap. And then, uh, of course, the video games. So, uh, we've had Game Master Herb, we've had him on the show, and, uh, he runs, like, the gaming half of it. And like we said before, like it's literally like whatever you want to play. If you want to play Smash Brothers, if you want to play Street Fighter, you know, Third Strike, uh, if you want to play like some old school, like, um, Super Nintendo, if you want to play, uh, like actual, like he has like an arcade stick set up that has like a bunch of preloaded, like actual arcade games on it. Um, you could do that as well. Uh, this last week I played, um, I think he had like a PS. There was like a, and of course these are like different TVs set up, so you don't have to be stuck playing Smash Brothers if you don't want to. Um, I I was able to get to a TV and like they had like a PS3 set up that had a bunch of like PSP games and stuff loaded onto it, and I was like, oh cool. The uh, the person that got on the TV with me were like, oh, there's Street Fighter. You want to play Street Fighter? Cool. Why not? Got my ass kicked, but that's besides the point. Still had fun, still met some really cool people, jammed to some really good music, drank some really good beer, and then also the food. They um, they do a really good job of getting uh, different, like, food vendors, food trucks out there. Uh, they had some good vegan options last week. Uh, there was a vegan. They also had, like, some really good uh, Mexican cuisine. So all in all, like, a really good time, really good Monday um, but with one of the, the, my like own like personal jobs that I had to do, I have to get up like super early. So like, I was only there for a little bit, uh, but still enjoyed myself. Like it's always like a really good time just to go out there, um, meet new people. And I feel like every time I've gone, I've met like one or two new people 
And it's people that come from, like, different points of life. Like, some people that you wouldn't really expect to, like, really be playing video games. They're in there running a table on, like, you know, Uno, or they're playing uh, Domino's, Spades. You know, they might just be jamming the music. You could, you you meet so many people out there. Um, was it this week or the last week? I met some sort of, like, music producer that, oh. like, yeah. He um he he you know has produced for a ton of people and like actually followed me back on Instagram so shout out to him shout out to Kato and uh it's just like I said like you meet so many people um I think I had a I have a friend that I've met through another event that I saw on her social media that she ended up I guess showing up after I left so like you could really bump into different types of people. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, that's, that's press start every Monday night, Monday night garage ride. We got to get you out there at some point. I'm planning currently. I am planning on this coming week. Uh, I, I'm tempted to say, don't hold me to it, but I'm going to, that is the current plan. I was supposed to be there this past week. Um, but life happened and I wasn't able to, but, uh, I do plan on going because, I mean, running a table in Uno is the funniest sentence I think I've ever heard someone say. So, like, I've got to see that. Like, And it happens. It's so wild when it happens. Yeah. Like, like I'm, legitimately, I need to see it. Um, it. Seriously, Herb is the man for doing this. Um, like, no no joke. Like, jokes aside, like, it's amazing that something like this exists in Atlanta. Um, and I'm so excited to go and support it. Yep. And then of course uh, there's um there's another spot that I want to check out too. I'll uh I'm gonna shout out four four gaming. Um they're it's a, it's like another black owned uh business that like they it's pretty much an area, like an esports area where they, they have a bunch of TVs set up and once like you could pretty much play whatever they have set up. You could bring your own you know, setup if you want to bring your own PlayStation or bring your own games. Um uh, but like um I've seen that they've hosted Mortal Kombat tournaments, they've hosted uh tournaments for like sports games. So definitely I want to give that a shout out. I'm gonna check it out hopefully either sometime this week, sometime next week, but you'll definitely get a um an update on that. Sweet. Alright. Excellent. So but yeah like I said short week for me. Uh nothing too crazy. Um but with that we're gonna go ahead and jump into the news. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, it's uh it's pre E three, so we're getting like a trickle effect of uh of leaks, but you know, with our news, it's actually gonna be what's been officially announced. So we're gonna start off with that. We're gonna start off with uh what we what's been confirmed already, give our impressions, and once again, um, like we say in every episode. Uh, continue conversation, you know, whether or not you're listening to us on SoundCloud, you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, um, which we found out recently that for some reason we're not showing up on Google, but we're going to figure that out. So if you're listening to us on that at some point, shout out to you. Um, also, if you listen to us on Pocket Cast, I've learned that honestly, if you have a podcast app of your choice, we should come up on it. Um, I've had conversations with people where they said, Oh, have you heard of this podcast app? I'm like, no, not really. I never heard of it, but told them, you know, what the podcast was. Should I play that? They looked it up. Bam. There we were. We should be 
you know, wherever you listen to stuff. Uh, down the road, if you listen to us in the future, like way in the future, we're going to try and get this stuff on YouTube. So, you know, it's all about engagement. Yeah, and all, all about engagement, I just want to say real fast that, you know, if you want to support us, the best way to do that is rate us, comment, um, share. Like, that's the biggest way to support us, honestly. Um, those, those ratings, those shares, those reviews, that, that all immensely helps. Exactly. So definitely, you know, give us the five stars, uh, like, share, and like we've, like I've, I've, I've gotten people to share us on Facebook and I shout out to those people too. Like, yeah, you guys are, yeah, you guys are the real ones. I definitely, you know, thank you guys for doing that. But, um, I went on a tangent. Where am I? News. Here we go with the news for the episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, Nintendo, they went ahead and had a Nintendo Direct, uh, to actually the day of us recording this. And they showed off some pretty cool things. They showed off, um, they showed off some new mechanics. They showed off the cover legendaries and they also gave us a release date. So, Sort of going in like reverse order. We're going to go ahead and, uh, it, the game comes out November 15th. So that's the typical, you know, release date for a Pokemon game. That's nothing too, uh, it's nothing too surprising, honestly. Uh, we have the two, uh, start, I'm not starter, but the two legendary Pokemon, which I don't, dang it, I don't have pulled up right now, but they showed off the two, um, legendary Pokemon. And it's and it's, yeah. and it's and it's basically I, I, so my opinion the two legendaries I feel like with each generation that's come out the right. legendaries have become more and more over designed mm-hmm. so like it's it's typically it's it's literally a in in Pokemon Sword the legendary is a dog with a sword and then <laughs> Pokemon Shield it's like a dog with like a his like the shield is like his mane I guess or like his fur mm-hmm. but I mean. It, that's cool, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm one of those Pokemon tryhards where like I really don't care about the legendary or the cover legendary. I'm more or less focused on like which version has the exclusive Pokemon that I want. So right, which they haven't revealed that yet, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, a little yeah, too yeah. early. It's, it's a little too early for that, but they've shown off some some new like you know, uh, was it this is the eight gen. Uh, the new, uh, some new Pokemon, uh, they look pretty cool. And, uh, with the new battle type, so there's something called, uh, let me pull this up real quick. It is called, was it Gigamaxing or Dynamaxing? It's one of the two. Okay. I think it's yeah. I think it's called Gigamaxing. So is it similar to what they did in the other one with with the Aloha one, or no, maybe not Aloha, but the X and Y ones where you get like Mega Evolve? Is yeah. It... So so it's it's not really an evolution. It's more or less of a like you're pretty much taking a Pokemon and you're making them giant. For the oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, you're you're taking a Pokemon like a regular Pokemon. They're becoming big. Um, and with that, all of their moves transform into like super versions of the move. So, um, of course, certain moves will automatically default to like a particular move. So not every move has like a super move, but the way this works is that 
you can only be like in his form for like three turns and then afterwards you go back to your regular form. But they sort of like wrap this whole feature around a mode where you're basically like if you've played Pokemon Go, you've uh, done raids, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a certain amount of players fighting one giant Pokemon and they've added that to the mainline game. So now there are actual raids in Pokemon and that feels really weird to say. <laughs> but it's, you know, four four players versus one, like, super strong Pokemon. And right. of the four players that are playing, you can only have one Pokemon to, like, go into, like, the Giga form. Hmm. Okay. Or, yeah, so, yeah. So the word is Dynamax. So um, you can only have one person to, you know, go into the Dynamax form, and that's it. But you could then, like, I guess, weaken the Pokemon and then capture the Dynamax version of the Pokemon. So um, it's, I mean, it's it's an interesting mechanic. Is that what's selling me on this game? No, not really. Um, oh, but, it's not selling you. Oh, yeah, this, this, no, no, I don't really care about Dynamaxing or, and whatnot. Like, I, what I hope is that I hope that, um, they bring back Mega Evolutions. I hope that stays. I hope the Z moves. I hope that stays as well. But, uh, I mean, it, it really comes down to whether or not they really sell me on this whole Dynamaxing thing, which I, I can't really say I really care about. And then, like, apparently the gym leaders, uh, that's also thrown into their battles too. So these gym leaders are, it's in this region, gym leading, like, gym battles are back. So you're battling in, like, an actual, like, televised gym battle, and they're in these arenas that's sort of built for Dynamaxing. Mm-hmm. So when you're so when you're fighting gym leaders, the gym leaders have the option of, you know, using Dynamax on their Pokemon. So. Okay. Yeah, so. so go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, so I was going to say, so, like, it, it's, I guess it's going to add some sort of form of difficulty, but at the okay. same time, your Pokemon could also Dynamax as well. So, uh, and like from the trailer sort of shows that it might be early on that you actually come across Dynamaxing. So, uh, I don't know. Time will tell what that, you know, mode will really do with the game. But besides that, they sort of showed off, uh, you know, Pokemon being an overworld, which, you know, before, you know, we recorded, I was saying that the way the trailer was cut, I don't want to trust that. Pokemon being an overworld is going to be something like it was in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. But, I mean, that would be cool if they actually kept that in. But they do show it in the trailer. I'm not too trusting until I actually see full-fledged <laughs> gameplay of, like, right. you running up to a Pokemon and battling it that way. Right. Um, but, I mean, the, the game looks cool. It looks like when you're in the actual overworld, they're actually giving you, like, the options to actually look around the map with, like, a controller stick. That is, I feel like, such an underrated mechanic in these in this game. Like, that is going to make it feel like the actual first 3D Pokemon. Even though I know technically it's not. But, I mean, like, it's going to make it feel like the Pokemon game we always wanted. I mean, this is, this, if you want to get technical about it, they're like, this is the first console Pokemon game. Like, outside of Let's Go. Like, I'm not, that's a remake. I'm not counting that. This is like built for the ground from the ground up like for a console experience that's 
insanely hype. And I'm not even like you already know me. I'm a casual Pokemon fan, I'm not a hardcore you know fan. But like that's insanely exciting to me. All right, so I pulled up the name. It's <laughs> a funny story. So I pulled up the name of the legendary covers of the okay. two legendary Pokemon. Okay. It's uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher it, but it's uh, Z- Zakian and Zamizenta. And I I don't know if this was on Facebook or it was on Instagram, but I saw someone comment. They were like, yo, I can't wait to tell my kid that they named a Pokemon after him. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Which one? Like, that's wild. But yeah. hey, <laughs> it is what it is at that point. But I mean, you sort of said to yourself, you said you're not really too big of a Pokemon fan. You're more casual. Um, I'm, I guess I'm technically on the opposite and like, I don't feel like I'm super intense on it, but like I'm on the end of like, you know, if you look at my Pokemon Pokebank, like I, for one, I have a Pokebank and two, two, like I, like after going, going through like the main story, like I focus on completing like the Nash, like the, like the end game Pokedex. And then I'll like transfer all my Pokemon to complete the national decks if that's in it and then at that point i start like creating like you know battle teams and whatnot so it's honestly been a minute since i've done any of that i think the last game that i've created like competitive teams was like pokemon x and y and like after that i sort of like fell off and sort of used my competitive teams from x and y in the other games so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what's cool about pokebank is that you know, you're able to take these Pokemon from like each game and take them with you. So that sort of alleviates the stress of like having to create new teams and everything like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like Pokemon they're in a good position right now. Like they're, I'm not saying they can't do no wrong, but I mean they've, you know, they're letting you port your Pokemon over from the 3ds, which is amazing. Um, they have, of course, like this new line, new generation Pokemon game, and then they're also working on, uh, mobile games as well. So, yeah. It's how do you, time. yeah, how do you, how do you feel about, you know, all this news, all this Pokemon? Uh, it's, it's, it's dizzying. It's, it's, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, but I mean, seriously, like it's, it looks cool. Like this is a game I'll probably end up checking out. Um, you know, I'll probably enjoy it in a casual way, but, um, but I am excited for things like the, the co-op stuff. Like that seems really cool. Like the raid stuff seems neat. Um, and the like kaiju-esque battles look, look cool. Like I, that stuff is the, is the type of thing that will uh, draw me to the franchise because I, I do like playing Pokemon with other people. So, like, that type of thing is a huge selling point for me. Um, I, I'm not super attached to the new Pokemon. Like, ever since Gold and Silver, I don't think I've seen a lot, like, that I really love. And I know Pokemon fans hate when people like me say that, but I don't know, man. It's true. Like, I'm not going to get excited about Wooloo, you know, like, the the cheap Pokemon. Like, sorry. but But it's cool, though. Like, this is a game I'm probably going to check out. You know, yeah, and then, I mean, like I said, for me, like I, it's it's gonna be a pickup for me. So down the road, if we're gonna have, you know, events where we stream it, or 
If y'all want to, you know, trade Pokemon, just hit me up. I'm always there for it. Alright, so, so next up, uh, Call of Duty. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they actually announced this stuff like a little bit before E3. I want to say what was this? Uh, Technically, they announced it two weeks before E3 proper starts, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. So with Call of Duty, it's a modern warfare, like a reboot. If anything, uh, that got announced, and is it a it's a is it a reboot? Is it a straight up a reboot, or is it like like a narrative reboot, or is it like? I mean, like, is soap in it? Not that this really matters. It's Call of Duty, but I mean, for the sake of conversation, like, is soap in it? Like, so all right, so this is what they said. They said that. If you look across like all the Modern Warfare games, like they've done, they've killed off, you know, characters, they've destroyed yes. countries, like they've nuked dropped countries. Nukes. Exactly, they've nuked countries. So like, where do they go from, you know, from there? So with that, they decided to go ahead and, you know, sort of reboot the franchise. They are actually featuring a new engine for the game. So. I mean, it's it's as like rebooted as you can get, really. So well, I think I, was, I've, I mean, I, I think I've I think I've read that they're bringing back old characters. So the answer to that question, yeah, it's going to be like a proper reboot where we're going to get uh, old characters that we recognize and then sort of remixes of you know other characters. Yeah, I mean, the most recognizable face is obviously Captain Price, um, which who who does I believe end up surviving the franchise, um, and. So, I mean, I'm not super surprised to see him there. I just wasn't sure if this was, like, you know, if it's the same characters, like, are are we, is it the same timeline, but maybe in, remixed in a different way? So it's not, like, the, a, remi- a remake, but, like, a, hey, here's, like, an alternate version of, like, you know, Modern Warfare 1. Like, I just wasn't sure if that's what it was. Um, something else interesting, and we can talk about this for a minute, because I think that this is actually super interesting but the so austin walker from uh waypoint or vice games i think they are now um he wrote a really interesting piece about and i encourage everybody to go check it out um it's it's interesting it's about the pitch for call of duty to the two journalists actually um being that infinity war this is infinity war right mm-hmm so Infinity Ward basically had this pitch of like, hey, we're rebooting this franchise now. It is modern warfare. There's no number attached. This is just it's just straight up modern warfare. We want to present the game in a way where like it's like war. We want to we want to show horror as war, which I think a lot of war games try to do. But I think a lot of them also fall into the trap of displaying war as like as cool um and not something to be feared um but something that that you know you can you know bust sick wheelies bro in your humvee or like you know do a dab as you like throw a grenade in someone's face like you know like it's something like that you know i i, I don't know if gravitas is like the name of the day or the word of the day all the time um but it seems like, and you can see by the trailer, it's a very well cut trailer if you've seen it. Um, but 
I kind of get those vibes. I kind of get those vibes of like, okay, they might be trying to get actually serious about this. Maybe like tone down some of the absurdity and like, and cartoonish nature of it to like bring it down, like ground it on in this real way in which it kind of Call of Duty once was, but, but, or tried or strove to be like, they were, they were striving to do this. Um, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Like above everything else that they've said about it. No, I mean, uh, I have seen in a couple of places that they're calling this like a, a dark reboot for the franchise. Right. So like it's, it's gonna have like that, the darker tones of like a realistic war. Like you're not gonna have someone dabbing and then 360 no scoping somebody. Like I feel like with this new engine and like you can sort of see it too in a little bit of the gameplay is that it's not as like arcadey as you think of when you think of Call of Duty. So, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they're burnt out on Call of Duty because it's just, it's literally been out like, every year since like the last like decade. Yeah. Uh, probably past that. But, um, I like that they are sort of, adding new things like they're, they're sort of moving along with the times so to start that off um this new modern warfare they're not gonna have a annual pass it's gonna be free maps free content and that's gonna be available to all players so uh with that of course that means they're probably gonna nickel and dime us on all of the cosmetic things but when it comes down to like actual like game modes actual maps they're not uh, separating the player base that way. So, I feel like in multiplayer games, you, like, I think, I feel like that's a, it's a consistent now that you don't want to split up your player base. So, yeah, for them, they're, get, they're getting money in other ways now. Exactly. So, with, with them seeing that, they went ahead, got rid of the season pass. Um, something else that's sort of new to, uh, I guess a lot of these, you know, multiplayer games is, Cross-play support. So this is going to be a game that's going to support PC and consoles playing well with each other. Um, they haven't really gone into depth whether or not they meant that PS4 and Xbox One players could play with each other or if it's something where it's like just Xbox One and PC or PS4 and PC. But if it's anything like, you know, Fortnite or Dauntless or Rocket League, it's probably going to be something where everyone can play with each other. Uh, when it comes down to like playing with PC people, you, I feel like they're not going to match up console people with PC people unless they're like right. in a party or right. something like that. And I feel like that's the norm at this point. Um, but with that, I want to say that's, that's m like the most news that we got for the game. Um, of course, it's going to be single player. They bring back single player. There's going to be a co-op mode. And then, of course, the multiplayer. They haven't said what the co-op's going to be yet, but, um, I think they, they've already confirmed no zombies. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And I mean, it, the co-op is actually no surprise either because the Modern Warfare games, I believe, had a co-op mode, right? Or at least two and three did, right? Yeah. Like, like they had an exclusive campaign. Like it was like four missions or something. Um, and it was cool. Like it was fine. It, it was completely passable. Like it was a fine experience. Um, so I'm glad they're bringing it back. I always encourage, you know, cooperative play in that way. 
Yeah, and then of course, uh, shout out for them to do you know crossplay. Like that's the way, that's honestly the way of the future, sure. and it's sort of leading into our next news bit. Okay, which is I right, so I lied. I'm sorry, guys. This this piece of the news is not official news yet, but it sort of falls in the category of damn well near B news yeah. because of the source that we're getting it from. Um, it's coming from Jason Schreier from Kotaku. And, you know, his sources are, which I think he's already like had sources say it, but there were some leaks earlier this week. Um, the PC De- uh, Destiny 2 was updated and data miners went ahead and they found an image that said cross save on it. So with that, I mean, I feel like, uh, Jason, he already had, you know, his news, like he already knew what was going on with the, um, like this, uh, this is gonna be like a live stream from Bungie, but yeah. there's also, so there's gonna be a live stream for Bungie, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna talk about, you know, the cross save and everything like that, but then there's also gonna be a live stream for Google and Stadia. So, um, basically the way the, it looks like the cars are lining up, it looks like, um, Destiny 2 will be playable on Stadia. But then you'll also be able to do crossplay, crossplay and cross save. So, uh, it hasn't been confirmed whether or not the PS4 will be cross save. But let's say that you've had, let's say you have like an Xbox save file of Destiny 2 or you have a PC save file of Destiny 2. You should be able to pull that and play that on your Stadia account. Which is bonkers, which is amazing, which is, I, I, I sort of hope, I, I sort of hope that that sets a precedent for other games. Oh, yeah. I mean, cross saving should have been a thing a long time ago. And I believe a few games have done that. Um, oh my goodness. And I'm, I'm pulling, I'm not, I swear I'm not pulling that out of my ass. Like, I know that there's been a few games doing that. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has been. Uh, like Diablo, I think Diablo's done it. Yeah, I think it's been Diablo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I do think that that should get more of a push, though. I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you? Or, I mean, what's what's your take on you know this news of Destiny two, you know, going to Stadia, but then also getting a cross save? Uh, cross. I mean, I. So it does break down. Um, in a so it breaks down to me in a way that sort of surprises me because for me the whole thing has been like well Destiny or you know Activision specifically like they would want people to purchase multiple you know copies of the game um, and have to start over I mean to me it would incentivize you it, it's it's kind of why. Well, I was going to say it's kind of why you're not allowed to trade loot, but the reason why you can't trade loot is because then what's the point of playing the game on other characters like all the way through again? What's the point of the grind um, if you're not keeping people on that hamster wheel? So that's not necessarily true. So I guess I would say that the – yeah, my, my impression is that it's it's good. I mean it, it can only be a good thing. Like there, what's the – there's no downside really. Like it's it's purely a consumer net positive. Um you gain goodwill as a publisher, as a developer. I, yeah, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody involved, really. See, and then I feel like, at least my feeling on when it comes down to 
Like, if I'm not paying money directly for a game, I'm more enticed to actually, like, paying money for cosmetics. Right, because you just saved money, you know, or you've bought the game, but you've bought it, like, you're already in the ecosystem, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like um, it's, like, for one with, uh, you know, the Stadia getting... You know, Destiny 2, um, possibly getting other, you know, big games. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see, like, what, what this whole next gen ride looks like. Of course, we've talked about this before in other episodes. We talked about how, um, of course, with the Stadia, you have to have a stable connection. You have to have fast internet. So for a lot of people, that won't be the case. But, you know, imagine, like being able to just pull up a you know a Google Chrome browser and like just jumping straight into Destiny. That is the future that I want. Like for for these kind of games, like especially ones like this. Like, I mean, I I would even say you know Diablo is also a great example. I mean, these games have been available on other platforms for so long. There's just no excuse why you you can't do that. I think Destiny is no different. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like we said, it's not confirmed, but it's damned well confirmed Might from as well. the sources as coming from. So, uh, I guess as of, I guess when you guys are listening to this, we'll know at this point. So at this point, it's like, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Or it's like, hey, we sort of know this already. So, um, you know, bear with us with that. But, I am I, I am just sort of excited about like the whole conversation of the stadia again, and that's sort of gonna lead into our last news bit uh, for the section. But uh, Xbox Game Pass is like officially coming to the PC, mm-hmm. and you know before of course before the Game Pass was for like their first party games, so mm-hmm. uh, it was sort of just tied to like playing Forza, playing Gears of War. <laughs> playing Crackdown. <laughs> oh, um, stop, man. Come on, that first <laughs> one was good. But uh, now that sort of opens it up to what they say is over 100 games and over 75 content partners. So that includes Bethesda, Deep Silver, Devolver, Paradox, Sega, and, of course, Xbox Game Studios. So, um, you know, that's, a, that's a, you know, a great announcement, but it sort of leads into... You know, another topic point, which, of course, like I said, let's talk in the comments about this, but it's sort of leading us into a, you know, games as a service future where we, which we've spoken about, which, where, which we've talked about like in detail. So we're not going to, you know, rehash it. But I mean, if you look at this, we have now the Xbox Game Pass. Which of course can be used on the Xbox, can now be used on PC. I'm pretty sure at some point they'll then ex, you know, expand that out to like mobile, which I think they've been sort of testing that, right? They have. That's right. Yeah. So you have that. You have, uh, EA Access, which is on PC, it's on Xbox, now coming to the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another streaming service where, you know, if you pay for, I think there's like different levels, but there's like a pro origin account where mm-hmm. as soon as like the game launches, you're able to play it. Mm-hmm, 
Uh, yeah. Of course, you have the Stadia, which will have, you know, a bunch of games that you're able to play. Just, you know, click play game and start playing it. And then there's, you know, PlayStation Now, which I feel like of all of the services has a sort of like lagging behind. Like they yeah. just added the feature where you could actually download the games because mm-hmm. before you had to stream everything straight up. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you ran into issues of like lag and everything, but they've over the past couple of months updated it where you could just you could download certain games, certain games, uh, I think, still have to be streamed. But um, you can now download certain games and just play them like that. So uh, with that question, like, Rod, how do you what do you feel about? Now, not only having to pay for Netflix or Hulu or for uh, CBS, or for Disney. Now we're sort of going to start doing this with video games. Yeah, so this is, um, this, this is, this is something that we, we speculated on um, on one of our previous shows, and we were like, hey, and we specifically used that example of, you know, streaming, streaming services. Um, we used, I mean, this is, it's exactly what's going to happen. We you know we for the first few episodes of this this podcast, like we've <laughs> we joked about like you know the the digital future's coming, like you know. But I mean, it really is like all joking aside, like that is something that is hap- It's it is happening. It is coming. Um, it's coming fast. Um, I think by the end of um, I think by the end of this year, like we're going to see some pretty significant strides towards that, especially with the release of these next generation consoles. Um, I mean, there we're gonna see, we're, we're we're going to see digital storefronts, um, be numerous. Obviously, we will see them, um, we will see them get more aggressive in terms of sales because they are going to drive one or they were going to want to drive people to the storefront, cut out the middleman, cut out the retailer. Microsoft already tried to do that in twenty. 12, 2013. Like they, they already tried to do that with Xbox One. Um, and some said at the time. Some said that they were ahead of the curve, you know. Um, you know, it, I'm not, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that statement. That's just, that's just what some people said, you know. They were, some people felt that they were, um, their technology that they were trying to put down was just not going to work in that moment. They, they released something that was not received well at the time. Um, and sure enough, and now something I do definitely agree with is that like it is the messaging was completely off, but, but that's beside the point. Yes, I mean, how do I feel about that? I personally don't like being pulled in eighty different directions. Um, you know, I I do like a unified, a central storefront where I can get things. Um, as far as like the platform goes, so like, you know, I'm fine with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo having their own thing. You know, obviously they have their own platforms, but yeah, it is it a little frustrating that like EA is going to have their own thing and Ubisoft is probably going to have their own thing. Like, I mean, is it's necessary? They may they might feel it's necessary. I think as a consumer, it's like, yeah, I sh- sure the solution is just to download the free thing and just pay for it. But I mean. I don't know. That lack of unification is somewhat off-putting to me. Um, I would like to have everything under the same umbrella. Um, and who's not to say that, like, we see, we continue to see things like exclusive 
it deals on on certain things. I mean, we just talked about this with Borderlands like a few weeks ago. Like that game is coming out on um, Epic Game Store, you know, six months before it's going to hit Steam. That's not I was say before before the show. It was that uh, it was some games that were sort of like looking up. And we're like, wait, is this game out? Let's check the Steam store. And like, Steam was like, nah, fam, this, this game ain't out yet. Yeah. But we were like, no, I'm pretty sure this game is out. And you're like, yo, check the Epic store. And sure enough, we check the Epic store and the game's out. Right. Yeah. And I mean, how many more conversations are people going to have like that? You know, we're further confusing people. Um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. It, it's a problem that we don't, that I, I don't have quite yet. Um, because I'm just not as engaged in all of the other storefronts at the moment, but that's going to change that will, will likely change in the near future. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it sort of falls down to like, when you look at, um, I say, if you want to watch a TV show, like you'll type in, you know, I don't know why this is the first show that came to mind, but like how I met your mother, you type that in. You type in, how can I watch it? And, like, normally Google will say, hey, you can watch it on all of these, like, streaming services. Right. We're eventually going to get to the point where video games were like, hey, I want to play this particular game. How can I play it? Well, you can play it on these services. Um, I feel like the problem comes down to whether or not I have to buy new hardware to play this particular game. What, like an EA box or something? Which I'm hoping that it's not, that's not what it comes down to. I hope that we sort of start leaning into like that whole streaming future where I can sort of just stream the stuff. But then at that point, like, do we have like the infrastructure to like support all that? I, oh no. I mean, I can tell you right now we don't. Like not, not, not on a wide scale. Like, I think it's gotten better over the years, of course, you know, especially depending on where, I mean, where you live, like in the world. Um, but I mean, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough to run fucking 4K 60 frames per second. Like most people aren't going to be running that. Most people don't even have like 30 megabytes down. Like I just I don't see maybe not most but like a lot of people don't like my parents barely do like and, and they're not like they're not idiots like they're they're not they're not stupid so like they it's just not something they're super invested in so I mean are those going to be the target is that going to be the target demographic of course not like I can see people saying that already like you know well your parents aren't going to be the ones doing it well yeah like no shit but at the same time that. I, I don't think that just be, you should just target the high end. And I don't think that media in general does that. Like, I mean, you could price, you could, you could set a price for your hardcore enthusiasts. I mean, obviously when a game console first comes out, they're not going for like specifically like everybody. Obviously if everybody buys the console, that's fantastic, but $500 isn't like an everybody price, right? So, you know, like that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, the infrastructure question is like, is an interesting one. It's one that we have to kind of reckon with at some point. Like, how pre- prevalent is fiber going to be? Like fiber internet. Like, it's not even. I, we live in Atlanta. Like, I, you know, I, I live a little closer to the city than than you do, but like, there's not even reliable fiber where I live. Like, that's, and Atlanta's not a rinky dink city like it is a fairly progressive place like in terms of like you know uh technology 
Like it's in the fact that it's not absolutely everywhere yet is telling. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's getting there. We are getting there, but it, it, we're not there yet. Yeah, and then like I was gonna say, we're we're sort of heading into like the whole like five uh, G with like our phones too. So I mean, not saying that like you know our cell phones are going to be able to support us like playing video games. But I mean, if the speeds get up there, I feel like that's another option. You mean like a, like a stadia like technology for a phone? Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe, maybe I, maybe, are you going to really want to play, you know, what is it? Would you really want to play Sims four, like on your phone? I mean, we can sort of go to, like, the, the conversation with, like, Destiny 2. Like, would I want to do a raid on my phone? Mm, no, not really, but... I mean, you would want to have a controller plug-in. Like, it's probably going to eat... It's going to destroy your battery. Like, I mean, yeah, you'd probably be able to play for 10 minutes before you have to shut it down. Like, I, I don't know. It's... I can see what you're saying, but... But I feel like this is the same conversation we had, you know, a decade ago about watching, you know, TV shows and movies on the go, right? Which is something I refuse to do. Like, like I'm, I'm not. I and I know that, and that's just me. I know I'm not the target demographic of that. And there will be people who watch something like Roma on their phone, and it makes me want to die inside. But like, that is something that people do. Like, instead of having that. Uh, that that audio visual splendor, you know, that you can have like in a theater or at, on a nice set at your house. Like some people want to watch it on their iPad, and you know, while I think that's a diminished experience, like some people want to have that experience, and and that's fine. Like that if that if that's how someone wants to consume something, then that's what they want to do. And, and you're right. Like I mean. That is true. I do think, though, that there's less – there are more variables in the act of streaming a game on your phone than watching a movie on your phone. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's controller input. There's battery life. How are we streaming this? Like, there's more to it, but I I get the point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's something that – once again, a decade from now, we're going to sit back and laugh at sort of like how we, you know, we're freaking out about it. Or if the scientists are right, you know, a decade from now, we'll all be dead. We'll so all be knows? dead. So, yeah, who cares? <laughs> who cares is all I'm trying to say. Um, just real quick before we move on to the next thing, I just wanted to quickly mention um, that uh, Microsoft – Basically, so there's a there's a site um, on on here a throt.com basically. Um, I would say that uh, this individual is a known um, informant, maybe like for for Microsoft, and he always gets like information um, here. And he basically says some interesting things on what they expect to see on for E3. So I just wanted to quickly say that, you know, a new console is expected. 
Um, and we can also kind of quote, expect here about how these new consoles can take existing Xbox One X games and enhance the graphics and gameplay experience. Um, and quote, so we'll see a lot about that. There's some targets. We won't get into that quite yet where we're going to, we're so close to this anyway. Um, the games that they'll be showing like Halo Infinite, um, it's going to be like the first real next gen game that they'll be showing. But again, it's kind of like what we were saying. Um, you know, they're going to, I think we were saying this offline, but they're going to probably run it on a PC. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're going to talk about the cloud stuff and they're going to talk way more in depth about game pass, which is cool. So they just want, they're just basically saying that the, the bar is going to be, uh, raised for this E3 for Microsoft, which when you look at it on its face, I mean, it's gotta be right. The ball's in their court. Sony's announced their system already. They've announced, they've, they've told the world like what's coming how it's coming. Um, and Nintendo's kind of sitting comfortable right now. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I got that out there before we moved on. But yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, we can sort of use that as like a segue into the topic for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the topic, of course, this week is pre-E3. Uh, we sort of went through what the news slash, you know, damn near news was going to be. But now we can sort of like let loose, kick back. Let's sort of just talk about like stuff that's been sort of confirmed but not really and things that we'll probably never see but you want to go <laughs> you want to go ahead and, and start that off with some things that you've seen on the net things that i've seen on the net so one of the big things that i've seen on the net keeps gaining traction which is kind of nuts and i need to see like the original like the actual og source for this um but the Witcher 3 being on Switch in September is something that I have seen a lot of lately. And this came out from, uh, from a foreign source. I think it was a Chinese, like, storefront, I think. Um, they actually had, like, an advertisement with, like, The Witcher 3, um, in, in their sales paper or something. Um, which is already wild that they would print that so far ahead of time, but, but yeah, this was, um, I want to say a week or two ago. And the Witcher 3 voice actor, um, I do not know his name. I'm so sorry. Of uh, the guy who does Geralt, Geralt? What, what is it? Geralt? Is it Geralt? Uh, Geralt? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Something like that. All right. Geralt. So the voice actor for Geralt, he's basically is like, he's on Twitter going like, Hey, um, you guys want that Switch on, or that, that Witcher 3 on Switch? Like, you know, y'all got any of that Witcher 3 on Switch? Um, and it seems to me that there have been enough rumblings that around the internet that this may have some degree of truth in it. I am not positive, obviously. It's just rumors right now, but not a, not a leak. There's a difference. Let's clarify what a rumor is versus a leak. A rumor is like, basically people talking about it a leak is like something we know that's absolutely verified that has gotten out ahead of time like let's make that very clear at the top like what the difference is but this is strictly a rumor um so take it with a grain of salt for me this game could potentially be way too much for the switch i i have no idea i'm that's speculation you know pulling out of my ass here but it seems like there that that is that would be the case. This game struggled on a base PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One. Um, 
I can only imagine what it will do to a Switch. And, you know, without being like 50 gigs or something like that, um, which I'm pretty sure is impossible on these carts, right? Something like that. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Like, is that, is this something feasible? Would you be interested in a portable version of Witcher 3? See, I mean, you brought up really good points. You brought up the fact that it, the game did struggle on the base PS4, base Xbox One. Of course, over time with patches, it sort of smoothed it out. But still, you know, the, the Switch, it's, the, the, the hardware is honestly, it's not as powerful as the base PS4. So they would have to really downgrade the game for it to run on the Switch. Now, whether or not they downgraded enough to where like it ran really smooth, I might be able to overlook it. But I mean, I feel like it's a good option. I wouldn't be mad at it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I wouldn't be mad at it. I don't think I'm going to play that game on Switch unless it just runs like a dream. Um, but I mean, you know, look at Mortal Kombat 11. Like, that's a pretty visually intensive game. And I'm not even saying Witcher 3 is like spectacular looking in the first place. I, uh, you know, it looks fine, you know, but, you know, I don't think it's like a knockout or anything. So like the fact that <laughs> it's just a big game. Like, there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot. It's a it's a huge open world game. There's a lot of systems and me- mechanics. It's got to like process. There's a lot of things going on. It's a complex system that it's running on. Um, and I'd be worried about that. Um, so I'm not sure about it, but there's that. I think that about covers that one. So the, another big one was the Avengers game kind of got leaked out a little bit well this was a um this was actually a a legitimate leak this was not a rumor this was a leak of what the avengers game is we don't know anything we've only seen a logo square enix has talked about it being like an action adventure game i think and that's kind of it like i they may have talked about it being a co-op game before but we don't know much about it. So there was, there was a, um, a, a, on the E3 Coliseum site, which is, uh, Jeff Keighley's, um, show that runs all week long, uh, during E3 and showcases a bunch of different games. They actually had a snippet of like, you know, what to expect. It's taken down now, so you can't see it, but, uh, just a, I won't read the whole quote here, but basically we find out that it's a third person game, um, that it is, uh, it's got like, you know, obviously cutscenes, cinematics, it's, it's supposed to be a cinematic experience. Um, and it's got co-op play, it's like up to four players. And it's, to me, the most interesting part of this is that it's, uh, oh, and it's custom, customizable heroes. So we can speculate about that. But the most interesting part to me is that it mentions that it is a, continuous single player and cooperative gameplay experience like that to me is interesting because that makes me think that it is a live game similar to that of like uh, anthem destiny division etc like it's a game with a hamster wheel so to speak see i'm thinking more or less like uh diablo is diablo a service for you like yeah well i mean it, it could be like if they have different seasons if they um i'm thinking like diablo slash like marvel ultimate alliance or like you could replay levels with like different heroes and then like adding on to the fact that um you know you have like these customizable heroes 
That's as possibly like what's getting you on the hamster wheel to replay levels. That is actually fascinating because I'm not even sh- like I'm not sure about that. Like I like I'm not sure how convincing that argument is to me. Like I like I get it. I get that it might be the like Diablo in that way, but I'm not even sure if I consider Diablo a service or even something like Overwatch. Is that a service to you? Like for me, it it isn't. But I'm curious what you think. Mm, I mean, it's. When I think of like games as a service, or at least live service, I'm thinking about a game that has me consistently playing it. Not necessarily me like having to shell out money for it, but which I feel like at some point, like you're paying some sort of premium price to be able to just keep playing the game. But right. that's that's sort of what I'm looking at. I'm sort of looking at like a uh, you know a seasonal drop of like, hey, like if you play this season, you could get this type of gear. And then, like, it resetting and whatnot. So, that's interesting. Because, like, for me, a continuous game, a games-as-a-service title, is something that is consistently not only being updated, but it's being changed. And changed in a significant way that it would alter your... Um, like every week. Okay, so for example, the reason why I don't think something like Destiny or um, Overwatch is a live game or games as a service is because it it is not something that changes the fundamental what you're doing fundamentally with the game. Yes, you get patches with that like buff heroes or maybe like you know makes minor map changes, but at the end of the day, you're still pushing the payload on the same route. You're still you know, going to the same capture points, like you're essentially the game is not changing fundamentally. You're doing the same things in a similar way, you know, week in, week out. Something like Destiny is a service game. The reason why for me it is something like a service game is because every week you log into Destiny. If you were to play Destiny every single day. There is something new, or there's different rewards um, every single week, and you get that lottery, that chance for the lottery every single week. Like you get your five to ten hours necessary of playing Destiny to necessary to to, to pull that to pull that lever, um, and then once you get it, like that's it, like you're done. Like, there's no real reason to keep playing the game unless you just like the game at that point. Um, what you got over your addiction. Um, so, does that make sense? Is that not no, making sense? No, 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 it, it makes sense. Um, I, I don't know, like, like we said, like, since this is a, uh, it's a, a leak, like, we really can't, you really can't see see or say anything until we really see it. So, I mean, it, it really holds the question up question mark in the air, like what type of game it's going to be. Yeah, um, and like I feel like I really have to see that to be sold on it because, like, based on like what you said, you know, like it sounds interesting, um, but I'm not sold on actually buying the game yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and I know we haven't really talked about, you know, we we haven't really talked about that. Like, I I was more interested in the actual 
just the, the live discussion because I just think that's interesting. Like, what does make a live game? But um, yeah, we'll have more to say about that. I think next week when when that releases they're definitely gonna like blow that game out for sure that will be featured prominently alongside final fantasy 7 remake um during the square conference the square Enix conference so i am looking forward to that um and uh the next game that we had here fable so oh boy fable 4 is going to be interesting that i think this originated where on reddit right like this 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 was a i believe this was a leak like a legitimate leak um somebody had or i'm sorry maybe mm, i don't know I, i don't know what the people people are saying that this is a that this is a leak but uh this i'm reading this this post on reddit uh, but it's got the Unreal Engine. It's multiplayer. Um, you you can. It's a completely open world. So you know, just like Fable, it can be played in first and third person. Um, you can build towns. Um, it's it looks like it it, it may be different. I, I don't see the video here, but it seems like it could be different. I I'm of two minds about Fable. I, I like Fable one and two a lot. Um, I did not care for three very much. Um, and don't really much care for whatever they did afterwards. Honestly, like with the Fable Heroes thing, I know that never came out, but still, um, that franchise has seemed somewhat mismanaged in recent years. Uh, how do you feel, Chris? I, honestly, I feel like with Fable, if they're really gonna release another Fable game, um, make it where, like, they've been working on the game and the game is close to coming out, so that they can sort of just release it or make that like a launch title for the, you know, the next Xbox. But I, I'm, I'm sort of over the franchise as well. You know, um, if they do announce it, that's cool. But will I care? Not really until, mm. until I, like, I honestly, until like they, if they go with like a deep dive on like what the game is, maybe, but like I, I just don't want to be bamboozled again. I don't want to be hoodwinked, led astray, you know, run amok. Right. Not again. Not not again. Not again. There, I mean, apparently it's going to take place across time and space or something. Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I'm, I don't know about that one. But, I mean, look, we haven't seen Fable in in a minute. Like in an actual like pure form, so I'm I'm excited. I'm kind of excited to see like what is Microsoft going to do with this. This is like their RPG franchise. They should treat it with care and respect, hopefully. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Kind of interested. Kind of interested. Mm. Sounds sounds Uh, like you're not. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> and that's and, fine. And, and and that's more or less of just being disappointed of the last couple of entries and then just sort of like if this is going to be a Microsoft thing, like they've sort of like let me down with like their first party games. Mm-hmm. Like there hasn't been a first. And like that's honestly why I haven't owned an Xbox in I think at this point maybe two, three years is that there was no point of me having one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I... Because I, I mostly played exclusives on PlayStation 4, and then when it came down to 
you know, games that are just on every system. Since I had a PlayStation, I just sort of just stuck with that. And also I have like a, you know, at this point it's an old PC, but I have a decent PC that can play stuff. So right, yeah, like right. the and a lot of like Xbox things are like now cross platform. So if I get, if I really wanted to play it, I can play it on the PC. So there wasn't like a real reason for me to play it or get it. Understandable, understandable. Okay, next up we've got the Watchdogs. Just we don't have a lot to say just because like there's not a lot that's been revealed right now, but it is confirmed to be in London. And um also this is important to note that this isn't a rumor or a leak. This is straight up confirmed. Uh Ubisoft has come out and said this is happening. So there we go. Um it is based in London. You can play as any NPC in the game. It has yet to be determined what exactly that looks like or or why that is happening, but uh, it's called Watchdogs Legion, I believe. So that's interesting. I'm not sure if there's anything to really add to that, but I just thought it was significant enough to mention very quickly here. Um, did you have anything to add to that, Chris? I mean, I'm a fan of the series. Um what what that means where like you can play as any NPC does that mean like in a limited aspect maybe like, we what don't is know. yeah like what does what does that mean to play as like a NPC like how does that how does that even work yeah. what does that even mean what is <laughs> yeah we we don't know that's kind of the beauty of E3 we 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 will find out for sure so I yeah Ubisoft usually has like one or two things at their conference that is that tends to be very interesting and and talk of the show so. Um, they, they, they typically have a pretty, pretty good, pretty good showing. So I'm, I'm curious, like that'll be the thing that they'll, that they will show. Um, I have a feeling that that is one of the next gen games, like, or at least like if it's not this year, like it, it, it that's probably cross gen. I, it's gotta be like, it's a big flagship title. Like I would think that it I, might be cross gen. I think it's cross gen, but then also uh, Ubisoft and Stadia, like they've they've shown to have a partnership. So yeah. I'm pretty sure whatever like pumped up versions for the next gen, you'll be able to play on the Stadia as well. Yeah, it's a good point. Gamatsu has actually reported that there's a game that George R R Martin, the writer of the so- a Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, um, he has been working with From Software. On something, and that is actually going to be revealed at Microsoft's conference, which is very exciting because number one, it's from software, so it's automatically awesome, probably. And number two, uh, George R.R. R. Martin is very, very talented, and I mean, his writing combined with what From Software does with their kind of dark, gritty, grimy, um, medieval-ish stuff is its quite good, quite compelling. So I'm looking forward to seeing whatever that is. Yeah, and then, like, it's it sort of leads to, like, that's what Microsoft really needs to, like, really knock out E3 out of the park. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I yeah. mean, there's, there's nothing really to lose at that point. Exactly, exactly. So I think that about wraps it up here. Um, I think we're actually right on time, which is great. So I think we should save everything. I mean, there's that's that's all of the major stuff. So going into E3, we've got some exciting news to kind of chew on, di- dissect for a bit. 
And by this time next week, we will have been through E3. Yeah. So with that, I mean, uh, you'll, you'll definitely hear from us next week, uh, about, you know, what's happened on E3. Um, definitely take a uh, look, a shout out to our Instagram page. You'll see some posts on that. I sort of like over, like over the, like the past week, I've sort of been like, testing different like formats on different posts so you'll you'll see something like i'm trying to work on something you know because instagram is really like a a visual you know app it's a visual site so i'm trying to you know work on something to like put out content from you know from e3 that you could get from us sort of get our input um and then of course on facebook we're all um we're still working out the details but do expect to get some sort of E3 type of live discussion on Facebook Live. So um, definitely join us if you want like a, a a fun place to talk about what's happening with E3, whether or not you're happy with what's happening, if you're mad, or if you want to speculate on stuff you know of what's to come. Um, all of that's open, and our our chat rooms have typically have been pretty chill. So. Um, don't feel don't feel intimidated. I know a lot of a lot of people sort of like feel intimidated being in that space. Nah, nah, fam. Kick your feet back. Have some fun. Yeah, we have fun here. Yeah. So with that, uh, another episode, episode fifteen in the bag. Rod, you got anything for us? Fifteen, man. Uh, halfway to twenty. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Um, this is this is great. Once again, the, if you want to support the show, definitely. You know, support by liking, um, rating, commenting, um, just, you know, uh, on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that great stuff like that. Share the podcast, um, you know, tell your friends like, hey, this is kind of cool, you know, just share it. And that's the best way to do that. Yep, and like I said before, engage. Like let's let's have a conversation. Like if you if you disagree with anything that we talk about, let's you know talk about it in the comments. Yeah, for sure. This is not like like yeah. I mean, if you like something we do or don't like something we do, please tell us so we can you know do more of it or change it. You know, like we want to know what's going on. Yep. So with that, you guys know how I love to end this, Rod. Yep. Go ahead and drink more water, moisturize the ankles, take your vitamins, eat your greens. Don't sweat, don't sweat the small stuff. Just don't do it. Read more. Keep people around you that tell you the truth. Be humble. Commit to things. Your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Think about that. I'll say it again. Your greatest struggles are your greatest lessons. Text your friends that you haven't talked to in a while because they miss you think about that as much as you miss them change the sound of your alarm every couple of days to wake you up because lord knows how many times i've yelled at my uh my alexa to you know shut up and Mm. completely gone back to sleep so Mm. just change it it'll help you out stop waiting for the perfect time because there'll always be an excuse to not be productive just do it just work for it work on it If you're traveling this summer, keep your front pockets to carry stuff. Put your wallets, your phones, put all that stuff in your front pocket. You won't get pickpocketed. And last, yeah, that's a good one, right? No? 
it's it's something. <laughs> Listen, if you have life problems, don't run away from them. Face them. Because they will haunt you later on if you don't. And last but not least, you guys, stay beastly. We'll catch you next week. Peace.